The Marketing Rules Podcast is sponsored by TA Tech. TA Tech is the global membership organization for talent technology companies and job boards. With over 350 members worldwide, our in-person events are essential for founders, CEOs, and senior executives from the world's leading hiring technology platforms. What great ideas are so close within your grasp? Seeing other points of view, anticipating change, considering multiple possible turnouts, acknowledging uncertainty, searching for compromise. We're going to talk about how to get over those limiters of innovation so that you can extract better thinking from yourself and your team. So let's talk about how to win the future. Welcome to the Marketing Rules Podcast from Thinking Circles with me, your host, James Whitelock. Welcome back, everybody, to the Marketing Rules Podcast. And today's a special episode. We're recording live at TA Tech in London. So we're going to be speaking to some of the attendees and some of the speakers. So I'm here today with Paul from Logic Mellon. Uh, Paul, it's a pleasure to have you uh, join us today at TA Tech in London. Uh, what have you taken from the morning so far? Great to be here. Thanks a lot. Um, lots of information from very early on, some great ideas coming out of there. I think uh, with all these events, the real opportunity is to sit and listen and take time to absorb what's going in the marketplace. You know, we're all running around like 100 miles an hour trying to figure out what to do next. And sometimes you just need to stop, listen to others and take that information in. So it's never just one thing. It's the whole day of just information that's really useful yeah, and yeah. just concentrating on that. And uh, there's a lot of focus on job boards today. And obviously that's kind of, you know, a giant chunk of what, of what you guys do. So uh, anything that affects them and the way that they can work and the way the, the tech changes obviously has a knock-on effect that how we, your kind of piece, your, your piece of tech to works and how you then can support your customers. And so this must be a really kind of useful kind of, uh, kind of day or so for you. Absolutely. You know, again, I think what's more important for me is also the people are here. Yeah. So I can go and talk to them and yeah. challenge some of their thought processes. And obviously we just had, uh, we just had a discussion on the stage now, listening to those people. And, you know, there is never one general consensus they've all got their own opinions about where the market's going to be yeah and obviously what we're going through at the moment the market is pretty wobbly out there for a few of us or for all of us really and uh, you know what are we going to do uh, to drive the business our businesses forward in recruitment um and uh, before i let you go paul what, what is it you kind of see for the future of kind of job boards and i know i've put you on right on the spot but that's cruel i know i know i know <laughs> but but what do you kind of uh, kind of see in the, in the next year you know what's kind of coming up do you think oh uh, you know it's it's yeah ai you know it's that good old ai keeps popping up everywhere i think one of the things that's really important with anything that comes along uh, in technology and i've been in the technology space for god 35 years in cambridge um is to take stock uh and get a reality check with it all so i think as we go forward with some of the the really exciting prospects of ai We've just got to do our learn on this rather than just go ahead and do something because everybody else is doing it. I think let's take stock of new tech that's coming along and put the time and effort in to learn. Yeah, I agree. The whole kind of AI thing seems to have been it's put everybody into a bit of a flat spin and kind of everybody's either playing. I remember chatbots, you know, I mean, <laughs> everybody's saying, oh, they'll love a chatbot. But do you realise the amount of work you need to do to make it work really well? Um, yeah, well, hopefully that will kind of change over the next few years when yeah. they, they, can, they can learn themselves. We don't Absolutely. have to do anything with them. Well, right? there you exactly. go. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Paul, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure. Cheers.
Hey, I'm Thomas, um, co-founder at Talent Nexus. Uh, we're one of the UK's largest uh, media buying agencies. Uh, Thomas, it's absolutely a pleasure to have you on the Marketing Rules podcast at TAA Tech uh, London. Um, I saw you've, you've been on kind of one of the panels this morning. How was that for you? How, what was the kind of uh, vibe like? How did that, uh, did you learn anything basically from that? Oh, I always learn something. Yeah. Um, I, so so we, we currently work with about uh, maybe 400, 450 job boards uh, we, we buy for uh, from each year. Um, so we, we do have to make it our business to understand what is what is going on in in that world. Um, it's certainly interesting hearing Julie speak about um, what she's doing with with the, the niche jobber platform that she's launching. Uh, always interesting to hear, hear what uh, Robert Jobber Peter has to yeah. say for sure. Um, yeah, it's just uh, it's kind of that that annual check in, isn't it? Just to find out what the just to take the take the pulse of the market and really find out what people are what people are focusing on. Not that I always agree that that's what they should <laughs> be focusing on. Um, and obviously, just before you, David was talking around kind of AI, and you can't kind of turn these days without someone talking about kind of AI. Um, how is that affecting kind of what you're seeing in, in your market? So I think at this stage, uh, we're seeing really successful use of AI, both within our business, actually, and within our clients' businesses, just to speed up stuff that we yeah. were doing before anyway. Yeah. You, know, you know, it's not, um, it's kind of going from like walking to cycling. It's just that little bit of tech that gets us there a little bit quicker, a little bit easier, a little bit less effort. Um, I mean, there's certain things that, you know, when we're doing media buying, um, you know, maybe would have taken kind of eight, eight hours end to end with kind of, you know, AI sitting as that kind of co-pilot in the seat next to us, maybe taking an hour and a half, two hours, right. um, you know, putting data that we need just kind of at our fingertips. Um, obviously, it's going to have a, a much more kind of profound um, impact than that. Um, but, but like th- this is so, uh, so early doors, isn't yeah. it? I don't think anyone can really truly predict how how it's going to make an impact at this stage. So I am going to make, ask you to make some predictions. And, and, and just, just into kind of the year kind of next year or maybe the year, year on, you know, a couple of years, how do you kind of see the job board landscape kind of changing? So uh, I think, to be honest, it's not an interesting answer, but I think we will just continue to see dominance from LinkedIn and Indeed. The, one of the kind of issues with AI is that although in some cases it's, it's democratising, um, you know, it's allowing small companies to step up to enter markets. Uh, in a lot of cases, particularly AI in its current form, you need like really big teams and you need like R&D budgets mm. and, and you need like lots of engineers sitting around to fully uh, make use of it and to get benefit from it. Um, and it's the big players that are sitting on that, that level of resource. So if I look at what uh, LinkedIn are bringing to market over the next 12 months, um, you know, some of that roadmap's public, some of it isn't, but everything that I've seen is... Uh, is you know, spectacular. Yeah. Like it's going to make recruiters' lives so much easier. Um, it's going to introduce its own challenges because, like, every recruiter is going to be kind of upgraded at the same time. And, and in some senses, I think it might make it more difficult to find competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, using LinkedIn Recruiter to uh, find candidates more easily, to message them more effectively. And we're seeing the same thing with Indeed. You know, like, Indeed have got the, the scale, they've got the data um, to, uh, to, to be building out these tools um, based on you know real life candidate data, real life employer data, yep. um, and it's absolutely fantastic. They're launching a new CV uh, resume product this year, which I think is just going to blow people away in terms of its uh, mm. you know effectiveness. But that's the you know it's a double edged sword, isn't it? You know, do the small job boards have the tools yeah. to build out that that sort of tech? Arguably not. Yep. Um, y- you know, how easy is it to enter a market? You know, where LinkedIn indeed have that sort of market share. Um, so I, I think we see kind of consolidation of of you know power and I, and I think all of the you know the 
the big tech initi- initiatives that make make a difference day to day to the life of a recruiter are going to be in the platforms they already use. It's not yeah. going to be in a new platform. Right. Uh, amazing. Thank you very much, Thomas. You're very welcome. Cheers. Hi, I'm Lior, and I'm the founder of Remote Rocketship, which is a job board for remote tech jobs. Uh, brilliant. And um, so this morning at uh, TA Tech London, um, how have you found it so far? What is it, anything you've kind of, uh, any highlights so far for you? Um, yeah, it's been really interesting. i um, really excited actually about uh, Rightsy, which is um, uh, a way for job boards to make more revenue. So really, really looking forward to integrating with them. Okay, okay. Um, and tell us a little bit more about your kind of business. Is, is, is are you what are you kind of here for? Is it kind of just a learning experience? Is it to make some some to make some deals? Is it to you know how, what, what what's your kind of purpose for the next couple of days? Yeah, I'm just here to learn uh, more about the space, see what's out there, what are more opportunities for me to make uh, more revenue and drive more traffic to the okay, site. Okay. Um, maybe worth mentioning that remote rocket trip works different to most other job boards in the sense that. Um, we don't work with businesses directly, so most job boards, uh, businesses need to pay to post their listings. What we instead do is we just scrape the ATS sites for job openings every day, right? Uh, and we post it on the site. Okay. So the result is we have you know thirty thousand plus remote tech jobs, um, right, right. which is you know, tens of thousands more than other job boards. So um, like an old school kind of aggregator, right? Yeah, yeah that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, how have you seen the market over kind of this year? Um, it's it's actually been uh, worked very well for me. So uh, I monetize B two C, so job seekers actually need to pay to use the job board. Okay. And I think because of the way the tech market has been over the last year or two, with lots of layoffs, uh, which means lots of more job seekers and the job market is more competitive. It's it's been uh, been very good for remote rocket trip actually. Okay, okay. Um, and how do you see it moving into twenty four twenty five? Is it kind of more of the same? Uh, does the dreaded AI come into any of those conversations? Or? I think it's more of the same. The tech market looks like it's still down. Uh, Spotify just announced yesterday that they were laying off uh, uh, 1,500 people, or I think it was 17% of their workforce. Mm-hmm. Um, so while the, the tech market is maybe not not as not as a, not as bad of a slump as it was uh, yeah. a year ago, there are it's not maybe as recovering as quickly as. Hoped it would. Okay, okay. Uh, and when do you see that recovery coming? Is it, is there anything kind of what is what's your kind of either your gut feeling or what is the kind of data you've kind of got seen? Oh, I uh, I'm not. A, <laughs> I don't think I could say. Uh, perhaps in the next year or so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just as as more VC funding starts pouring back into startups in the tech scene. Brilliant. Um, yeah. Brilliant. Cheers. Thank you very much. How's it going, everybody? My name is Brandon Mitchell, founder and CEO of RightSea.com. We are a platform that helps online recruitment marketplaces and job boards unlock new revenue and enhance their candidate experience. Um, amazing stuff. And you were presenting this morning, right? Yes, it, yes, yes. It, it was a really, it was a, it was a fascinating kind of presentation. Maybe you can just kind of give the uh, listeners a little bit of a kind of uh, an insight into what you discussed this morning. Yeah, absolutely. So we were uh, presenting today during the Product Palooza uh, here at TA Tech London. And really showing and showcasing a little bit of our technology and what it actually does for the recruitment marketplaces that we serve. And the highlights was talking through our AI resume review that we essentially provide as job seekers are signing up on their platform. They can access that, which essentially helps increase the signups for job boards since that's one of their main metrics um, and also allows them to provide uh, kind of like a lead magnet for job seekers. So, yes, jobs are great. 
but so is a free resume review. And um, it works wonders for their brand loyalty and trust and basically having a better relationship with the candidate. And is this new product you've released? And, and if so, kind of how is that rollout going? Yeah, so we started offering the free resume reviews, which is the lead gen, a phenomenal resume review that goes across your impact, your structure, your language, your ATS, and gives some best fit jobs. And then what we're doing next is we're launching a uh, AI curve mobility tool. So if you don't want to work with, let's say, a human CV writer to fix said resume, if you feel like it's not as good, you can get access to our uh, white label job search genius, which is a platform that has an AI resume builder, AI cover letter generator, AI interview prep, which is phenomenal, and an AI offer negotiation assistant, which is one of the coolest things in the world. And so that is uh, the new product that we launched. Uh, it's very exciting. Um, and I think we're going to serve a lot of people in a very uh, interesting manner in which they like to be served um and on the kind of uh, the situation with ai you know we can't turn we're always kind of hearing about ai at the minute um where do you see it kind of having more of an influence and what do you see the kind of future of it within within your business yeah i think ai is is profound i think that it has uh, very really good implications on society I think that from obviously if you were a recruiter creating job descriptions, it'll be easier or just even like cleaning it up. You know, it's one thing to write it, but then, hey, let's make it better. I think that type of stuff is phenomenal. In our space, it's a double edged sword because if you just use AI to completely write a resume without actually um, fact checking it, it might just generate information that you've never done. But the way that we use it is to assist in the writing process, to recommend better bullet points, clean up the words, make it more action oriented with uh, like the XYZ format. Then I think the coolest thing, like I said, is the interview preparation. So instead of researching for an hour on Google, we can generate really uh, specific interview questions based off of that job description where then you can practice and we give a sample response. So how to respond to that interview question as well as advice on answering it. So implications and features like that, I think, are the future to be able to help with the research, the preparation and the practice so that you can hopefully uh, get that interview a lot faster and then then ace the interview, which I think is key. Yeah. So it's kind of like that kind of co-pilot philosophy, right? Yeah, that's, that's you're kind of walking people through that process, but it's it's not an actual person and it doesn't need to be an actual person. It can be kind of just learning from the uh, from 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 what it's done before and, and who it's worked with before. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's up today. But I think the future for us is more conversational as well, right. which I think is really interesting. If yes, if you are talking to the AI about your experiences, job searching and about the interview questions and it's just talking back to you and it'll be cool if it could talk back to you in the type of voice that you want, maybe Morgan Freeman or yeah, yeah. Leonardo that DiCaprio. kind of persona, that persona Absolutely. thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's that personalization that people are looking for uh, and the tonality, the inflection, things like that. So I think the future of that is really, really cool stuff um, and I think it's cool to be at the forefront of building it um, and just really thinking about the features that people will find value out of. I think a lot of times we just want to build, 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 but Really talk to your customers, understand their pain points, and then build the value propositions based off of that. And I think that's what we do really, really well at Rightsee is we look at our data, we do surveys, we talk to, the, to, to our actual job seekers, we do webinars, and we meet people where they're at to actually understand what are their problems, and then we build solutions. And so I think that philosophy doesn't matter what company you are, will help you not only today but into the future to build the right things that people want. Brandon, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Hey, this is Chad Sowash, the co-host of the Chad and Cheese podcast. You know, that guy that you love to hate. Uh, here talking with, uh, you know, our friend. The man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it is, uh, it's another TA Tech in London. And, yeah. and Chad, you've been, um, been moderating a lot of the morning, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So 
what have been the highlights from the kind of presentation so far? Because we, we, there's been tons of stuff covered already this yeah. morning, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's interesting because uh, technology, obviously, I mean, everybody's talking about generative AI. and But the thing is... There's so much other tech that's out there yeah. that's not Gen AI uh, that can also be coupled with. You know, I, I think we're, we're starting to uh, redefine what the candidate experience looks like yeah. and, and, and hopefully, you know, give a shit. Yeah. Uh, there are some, and there are arguments, and there are always arguments in the space, opinions everywhere, mine being one of them, that... Um, you know, only we should only focus on the the big brands because they're just going to gobble everybody up in the first place. And and I say, know your history. Monster mm-hmm. and Career Builder yep. uh, tried the same thing and they got outflanked. I see the same thing happening in our industry. You know, the LinkedIn's and even though they're owned by Microsoft, who have Gen AI, they've got a ton of data and they've got all the upside. They also have a hell of a lot of tech debt. Yeah. And there are a lot of more nimble players that are out there. Also, indeed, same same kind of scenario, you know. Yeah. I've We've seen nothing innovative come from either one of those platforms for years. Uh, but yet we have innovation happening all around us with a lot of these point solutions who do some really cool shit. So with regard to AI, is it one of those things you think it's kind of... Um it's kind of sucking all the air out of the room, right? It's there's there's, there's yes. just air, yeah, right. Yeah. Everyone's talking the about bright, it, but shiny object. Yeah, yes. but there's way other some other cooler stuff going on out there, and well, we're just getting obsessed with it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's this is this is a, a total composition. Okay, so if you if you're building an orchestra, right, you're going to have some main players in that orchestra, uh, no question. And I think you know not just now, but large language models and, and generative AI. Um, multimodal AI. I mean, there's there's a lot of that that's going to be like the core yeah. of a lot of what we do. But there's a lot of other players around that to be able to help that symphony actually actually work the way that it should. So uh, yeah, I think it, it's it's really interesting. We we like the bright and shiny, but the bright and shiny isn't everything that we need. Do you feel it's one of those things that people in the know kind of? understand it right but people who don't understand it don't understand it right and i don't yeah. think the majority of people just don't get it they yeah. you know they just like this ai thing right you know it, it's like how from from uh, from 2001 yeah. they, they can't really kind of grasp exactly it's the one necessarily, not necessarily the concept but the potential uses of it so it, yeah. it, it, it's, it's kind of almost ignored a little bit but that is maybe a good thing or a bad thing i don't you know i'm kind of you know oh, it's both i mean it's definitely both i mean if you understand it and you know the capabilities um, and again, we, we always say on the show that AI is a puppy. Yeah. You know, you got it's going to piss on the carpet. You know, you got to train it not to do that. You, I mean, it, you don't plug it in one day and boom, it takes over everything. Uh, it, it, it takes a while. But again, you still no, need those, those other players along with that orchestra to be able to make the symphony work. Yeah. So, yes, and, and, and in HR, there is so much noise that's happening. And talent acquisition recruiting, so much noise that's happening in and around tech. Uh, that we really need experts on our teams, and, and they can be external experts, they can be internal experts, it doesn't matter, but we need experts to be able to help us hash a lot of this out because yeah. a lot of these quote-unquote solutions might not be solutions to our problems. They yeah. might be solutions to other problems. Um, one of the other uh, speakers this morning was talking around uh, Google Jobs and Google Job Ads, yeah. which was Alex. Of, which was interesting stuff as yeah. well, right? Yeah, you yeah. Know, it, it's one of those things that kind of kind of came along, disappeared probably coming back but yeah yeah exactly right you know yeah. what's your thoughts on kind of uh, on that whole space 
Yeah, it's it's interesting because uh, Google, much like any other company, they, they have priorities. And when their first products came out around the job space, they had multiple products, one being an applicant tracking system. Uh, then priorities took their technical staffs away to cloud, mm-hmm. which was making a hell of a lot more money. And it just had more upside than an applicant tracking system does, right? So they shut down the applicant tracking system. Uh, I think those those other initiatives weren't really core Google. Search is. Paid ads yeah. is. That's what Google for Jobs is, and that's what this paid search is. I don't see that it's huge priority. It's almost like a 20% kind of uh, you yeah. know, a thing that they, they've been pulling around. Um, but they are... They are beta testing it and yeah. not just the paid ads, but also different looks and feels and flows of the actual uh, search engine, uh, you know, results process. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that was the interesting that Alex put up uh, that there was that fi- one of those final slides is that you can mm. pretty much kind of buy out the entire front page, basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, which kind of felt a little bit scary. Right. It's kind of, yeah. you know, it's a real kind of pay to play. Kind of process well, it yeah. could be. And I mean, that was the problem with search engine optimization early on. Indeed, one, because they figured out the secret sauce uh, that Google wanted. And I mean, back in the day, uh, I actually was uh, leading a project for Direct Employers Association, which will, really was to see if we could kill uh, Indeed on SEO. And what we did was we partnered with a top-level domain, .jobs, and we had 40,000 domains that were pushed out. So boston.jobs, bostonsales.jobs, sales.jobs, and underneath all those 40,000 domains was one search engine that just pushed the right relevant content to those different domains. Now, Google should have loved that because first and foremost, you know, the, the ability to understand what was on those domains yeah. in the first place, it, it, it said what it was. The problem was... Google likes easy, or at least then they liked easy. And and Indeed was one domain. It was a feed that they got constantly, you know, minute after minute after minute. And, uh, you know, you just just couldn't beat uh, the status quo for Google right then. So, you know, the big question is, will Indeed be able to buy out all the paid ads like they did before? Because they had great SEO, but they also spent millions of dollars on SEM. Will they do the exact same thing? Probably. I, I think they will They will do their damnedest. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I really do. Yeah. Chad, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you Thank very you, much. Sir. Cheers. Later. Shazami is the latest and best enterprise-grade recruitment website technology globally and is fully integrated into your ATS. There are no locking contracts, as we believe constantly high service levels and cutting-edge, easy-to-use technology should make you never want to leave. Recruitment website success equals Shazami. Visit shazami.com for more information. Hi, so I'm, my name is Gerald Morgan. I'm the uh, founder of Data Migrator, a specialist uh, data migration company for uh, recruitment and HR tech. Perfect. Thank you very much. Um, so it's, it's, uh, we're still here at uh, TA Tech in London. Um, and uh, so... We were talking about kind of a little bit around AI, and a lot of the other guests have kind of talked about AI. David this morning did a whole kind of presentation on AI. Um, some people think it's the best thing since sliced bread. Some people are a bit kind of skeptical, kind of like myself. Um, where do you sit? Okay, so a little bit of both actually. So there's there's AI from the, um, the I suppose the prospect of can it help me do my job, 
and and the answer to that is, is probably no at the moment and for the foreseeable future because what we have is a is a very sort of regimented data structures that we move one to the other and AI can't help there but where AI could benefit us is if um, if recruitment agencies or companies perceive that AI is offering some software an advantage and they move to that software then that could increase the amount of business we do yeah. in, in moving people. So it's kind of not a direct impact on us. I do, um, what, once a month, I ask ChatGPT, how do I do a data migration? Just to make sure it's not getting cleverer than I am. <laughs> and so far, there's no competition yet, but it could happen. So. Um, it, it does seem, though, that you know, migration of, kind of, uh, of data from one, one system to another is something that potentially AI could at least support with, right, in, in, in the future. Because... It um it seems almost kind of seems that well why wouldn't it right you know what I mean but I think the um I think that the reason why but perhaps it could help with the discovery part of the migration so um we, we, we find that I mean AI is great at things that you know you might have called fuzzy logic back in the nineties yeah. and what we do is kind of not that it's it's a very precise mapping yeah. so we have a scheme and we know this is a name and an address and a yeah. skill and this gets mapped in a particular way and potentially we, we've, we're quite good at sort of doing the detective work on a new system right but that is somewhere that maybe AI could say well here's a schema yeah figure out how this maps yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't seen it yet but it's I can't pretend it's it's not in, you know uh-huh. I can't pretend yeah. it's not possible but. so um, with regards to the other things that have been kind of happening this uh, kind of today at uh, TA Tech in London what are the other kind of uh, takeaways that you've kind of got because we've had people talking about AI we've had Google for Jobs and Google Job Ads and uh, kind of uh, all kinds of different people with their different types of job board type kind of scenarios yeah. and, and plugins and all that kind of stuff. I think the takeaway for me is because my, 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 the main bulk of my business has been recruitment agency software yeah. migrations. And I'm sort of here, we, Dave Migrate is a member of TA Tech and this is the first event we've attended. So really for me, it's, it's expanding that knowledge of what else is out there. Yeah. Do job boards need migrations? Um, you know, I get hints they might do. Yeah. And um, is there other types of software where we could be a benefit and people yeah. just wouldn't have put two and two together and thought it could help? Yeah. And I think just having those early conversations today is, is the biggest value for me. Yeah. Um, we're a bit of an edge case in terms of the people that would come here, I think, normally. Yeah, yeah. So. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. Hello, my name is uh, Rob Brouwer. Uh, I'm the CEO of uh, JobRapido, uh, the largest uh, uh, job search engine in the world. Um, Rob, it's a pleasure to have you on uh, TA Tech London's uh, uh, this morning. Um, you were on a on a panel this morning. There was some great guests, and obviously. Um, give us a little bit of a flavour of the kind of things that you discussed on the panel and and the things that you kind of took from that. Okay, yeah, the, the, the panel was about uh, the future job board and uh, what we thought that the future job board would look like. And it turned a bit into a discussion about, hey, what does a job board look today and what can they do yeah. for the, the job seeker and for uh, the employer? And yeah. um, um, consensus. Um, I think that... Uh, the industry is moving to a paper performance model. Yep. Uh, we're finally connecting uh, the job posting to uh, the candidate applying. Yep. Uh, that was a missing piece in the, in the funnel. Um, that comes with a new pricing model. Yep. Uh, you don't pay per click or per posting and this anymore. And this is JobRapido's kind of mod- model, right? Uh, this is also our model, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we, uh, we have a performance-based model, so yeah. you, only p- you only pay for what you get. Yeah, yeah. And, and why is this important that you now move to a paper performance model is... 
because we're talking about scarcity, something yeah. that is scarce. And a job seeker is very scarce in this market. Now, the job board industry, um, historically, um, sold jobs, yeah. job postings. Yeah. And if you buy 10 job postings, you pay more yep. than when you buy 100 job postings. You yep. get a discount. Yep. And that is the total reverse of obviously how a platform or a marketplace should work with scarce goods. Yeah. In this case, scarce people. Yeah. yeah. And that's why um, the market is now really turning towards a paper performance model, right. uh, which is only a pricing model and not a value proposition. Yeah, of course. And, 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 um, of course. Because of the scarcity, yes. Um, and you said that the, the panel really ended up just talking about the kind of where job boards are now as opposed to where they would be in the future. What's your thoughts around the kind of future of, of, of the job board then? Yeah, you can. So, if we are go, so, if we are going to this paper performance model, yeah, it allows us to become a real marketplace, and it has not been a, a job board has not been a real marketplace because in a real marketplace, the price is determined by the demand and the offer and the scarcity of the goods that yes. are in the platform. Uh, so you can you can you can compare it with shopping, Amazon. Yep. You can compare it with uh, booking flights. You can compare it with uh, um, uh, real estate. Yep. And the big question is is that if we have this funnel yep. all automated and connected from the moment you post a job until the moment that you hire, yep. how much human interference is still needed? Mm -hmm. Are we like booking flights? Are we like an Amazon where there's no people involved yeah. during the process, or are we more like um, real estate, where in the end, you know, you want to see somebody yep. uh, before you make this life-changing yep. acquisition. Yeah. Yep. Um, Rob, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for that. Um, uh, obviously, that's Rob from Job Rapido uh, at TA Tech London. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Hi there, I'm Adam Gordon. I am co-founder and a director at Poetry. Poetry is a recruiter enablement technology. It's a workspace we're building for talent acquisition teams. I've been uh, on stage today talking about my journey with uh, Candidate ID, which is my prior business. It was Marketo for talent acquisition. Uh, it was uh, marketing automation technology. And I was asked to talk a bit about like what what was it like to sell my company and do an integration. Um, and I, I'm lucky enough to catch you literally just as you've come off stage, basically. Um, how was that? It was it's an interesting journey, right? I mean, uh, I've known you for a few years now and followed you on this journey. But for someone who probably is kind of new to you, doesn't know you, they might know Candidate ID, but um, and I guess they might know some of the people behind the business, but. It is a, it's, it was a right old journey, right? It was it was kind of from and from and it was slightly disruptive in the way that kind of the way you kind of went about it all, right? I mean, yeah, we didn't really. Scott and I were both service industry people, a lot of marketing in both of our backgrounds, so we were also not afraid to take a lot of risks, put ourselves out there, hack attention in every yeah. way we could, um, and it, it was a. Uh, I mean, you know, it took it was six. It was a six-year journey from the start of the business to exiting to iSIMS, and with hindsight, the first four years were just literally learning. It was like doing an MBA in how do you build a tech company, and we made so many mistakes. We were staring down the barrel, thinking we're not going to be able to make payroll in three months. On about three or four different occasions, yeah. where we had to very quickly come up with solutions for what we were going to do next, and. Uh, 
James, you were a part of that company. You were a, you were an investor. I, I was in a business. small a small part of that company. A small yes. part of that company, um, uh, which I'm very thankful for because uh, yeah, you did you did me proud. You did me proud. To be honest, you know. Well, it was, it was an all right. And it was an all right return. Yeah, it was. It was. It was an all right return. Yeah. Um, uh, but what surprised me about the kind of stuff? What, what is interesting is though it was a, a marketing platform. Usually, those are the kind of businesses that are the worst at marketing. Right, you know, to, you know, it's like you know. Obviously, I've got the marketing agency, and we we are okay, but we'll probably do better for our clients, right? But some of the stuff that you were doing was way ahead of kind of other things was with other people because I think that there was, I think maybe there was a lack of fear, right? You just kind of got on with it and did it. I think that's what I kind of spotted. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I talked a bit about on stage there was um, what what drives me, and what drives me is a self of is is a feeling of um, like self fulfillment. A feeling of accomplishment and for a long time I didn't have any of that and uh, so I've been chasing that and I still chase it to an extent but yeah when when you feel like when you feel like your only chance of accomplishment is sitting in this business you're going to take every chance you can to make sure that it's going to get you to your goal mm. of feeling that sense of accomplishment so yeah I mean we did some absolutely wild things we did a we did a we did a we did a video called uh, Thriller Waking the Dead, which was a parody of <laughs> Michael Jackson's Thriller. Um, and I mean, the script for that I wrote the script for that video, which was ridiculous. <laughs> but it was it's it, it, I mean, it's a comedy, you know. And actually, it is quite funny. Uh, the singing in it's atrocious. The way the production's atrocious, <laughs> but the message in it is yeah. actually quite funny. And so yeah, I don't remember any other recruitment tech companies that did their own pop songs. No, no, I can't think none off the top of my head either, right? You know, um, but so, so talk to me about poetry, right? So, are you coming at that with the same kind of disruptive kind of viewpoint, or have you learnt way too much to know that that is there's, a, there's an inherent risk in kind of going down that street? What well, don't really need to do that anymore. Well, yeah. um, I think what you find is like. I'm a I'm a big believer in entrepreneurship as being like I, I equate it to, to like music, like bands. Mm-hmm. The first album's normally scrappy, but it gets some cult status. Are you talking about the difficult second album? Is that where we're going? Really? Well, the, the the second album is actually often ends up being like if you think about Linkin Park, something like that. They had this amazing like record breaking first album, um, Hybrid Theory. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the production on it was not as good as like they ended up becoming there was lots of things about it which i mean it was just raw and candidate id was pretty raw i think their final album was called one more light much more mass market appeal much softer uh, much more poppy and very very high production quality i think that uh poetry is going to be considerably more like one more light than like hybrid theory uh, and I've spent I've put it this way I've probably spent more on the gilet that I'm wearing with poetry <laughs> written on it than I did in a year's worth of marketing budget put into candidate ID we just hacked everything this is going to be a much more refined yeah. and um, elegant business yeah. than the last one so if anybody wants to know a bit more about poetry where can we kind of find you online uh, poetryhr.com and uh, that's where you'll be able to sign up for your free recruiter enablement workspace admin account free for one person for each company f- till the end of time uh, you start paying once 
other people come on. So the way we've set this up is the first person to come on should be somebody who can scout out, how would I use this? There's 28 different solutions in there. Which are the ones that we would use first? Um, which are the ones that are replacing other things we're, we're already using a different technology for or a different process for? And which are the ones that are brand new? And then set out um, an order of rolling it out. If you set up 28 solutions on day one, you're probably going to fail to get good adoption from your recruiters. So I would recommend it's probably six in the first month mm-hmm. and maybe another three or four every month for the next six months. Yeah, uh, Brilliant. Adam, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much for backing uh, Candidate ID back in those days and for continuing to be a friend now, James. Cheers, mate. Good afternoon. My name is Stephen O'Donnell. I am the uh, Chief Growth Officer with TIA Tech, and today we are hosting TIA Tech Europe in the marvellous Carisbrook Hall uh, in, uh, in Marble Arch in London. Uh, I've been calling it TIA Tech London all day. I've, I've, I've <laughs> it's TIA Tech Europe. Yeah, but uh, that said, we're not barring Americans from coming. They're very welcome. And the quite, quite a few, Amer- quite a few North them, Americans are here. Quite yeah. a few of them here today. Try keeping them away. Um, and how do you feel the day has gone so far? It's gone very well. It's gone uh, w- suspiciously without any mishap, uh, which is, uh, as when you're organising events, you're thinking, something's got to go wrong. And when it doesn't, you almost feel disappointed. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's gone well. Uh, as with all of these things, there's a million and one things to prepare for, uh, and uh, and everything's prepared. I can tell you one thing: it did go wrong. Okay. We have pop-up banners for sponsors and so on. Yeah. And one of our sponsors is Dribble. Uh, Dribble are a job board based in the Ukraine, and they have a team of ten people here, I think. Okay. Uh, so one of the pop-up banners had uh, the Dribble logo on it, and I moved it from one room to the other, uh, only to find that when I re-popped up the banner. It fell off the thing at the top and tore diagonally across the logo. Now, normally this would be a mishap that's difficult to come back from, but two weeks ago when I ordered the banners, I originally ordered the Jubal banner using what turned out to be a fuzzy logo. And when I I got the banner, it wasn't usable. Well, I didn't think it was usable, so I got another one done. So I tore the good one. But the other one is actually on stage and it looks perfectly fine. Yeah, I, I hadn't noticed any difference. It looked fine to me from, 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 from up in the galleries. It was fine. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But so it, it, the reason I point that out is that seems like a relatively trivial thing. But when you're organising an event like this, then the tiny trivial things can become a big deal because yeah. you want everything to be plain sailing. Yeah. The truth of it is, is that when you're organising an event like this, usually three, four days before the event, the point that all of the things that you were flapping about mm-hmm. that you were busy running around organizing uh, they kind of fade be- and you, you get a, a moment of zen where you think do you know I've done everything it's going to be fine uh, there's a huge amount of goodwill that comes along to events and professionals and that makes the event itself yeah. so, so the, the actual momentum of the people in the room uh, carries on regardless of any of these little things. Well, I, I, you know, obviously there's also been kind of things like rail strikes and all kinds of other things going on at the minute. And I know I've been messaging you over the f- last yeah. kind of few days and you've been incredibly zen. It's like, you know, whatever happens, happens. You, you can yeah. only control what you can control, basically. I, so I've, I've been to events in London where there, there have been train strikes. Famously, there was a, there was a wreck fest years ago uh, where we were on a boat in the Thames. And I remember uh, cycling from, it was a tube strike, so cycling from Liverpool Street on a Boris bike to 
this <laughs> venue on the uh, on the river, and another event just last year, which was for recruitment agencies, yeah. uh, and all of the exhibitors were there. They'd all paid to be there, of course, but almost no recruitment <laughs> firms. Uh, so we were left speaking amongst ourselves, and actually, there was a huge amount of benefit from that. And, and the event that we have here today, there are no or almost no recruiters in the room. There are yeah. no TA people. There are no agency people. And what it is, is it's technology people speaking with each other, and there's a huge amount to be learned from each other. So yeah. that event last year turned out to be inadvertently really good for the, 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 the tech companies in the yeah. room who could have those conversations. Um, and what have your highlights been so far today? Uh, Wendy's talk, first thing, was great. Yep. Uh, Wendy's talk was, was great for several reasons. The content and Wendy goes without saying. And I can actually, in the background, I can hear Wendy's voice. She does tend to carry. Uh, <laughs> But, uh, like a foghorn, no. Fleet. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, Wendy's talk was at the very beginning of the day, and in, in true American style, uh, the first talk was at 8 a.m. Yep. Uh, so we had breakfast here at 7, Wendy at 8 o'clock, and it wasn't the busiest when she started, but by partway through, the room was filled to a throng. Yeah. Uh, so it was great, and, and, and people who... A lot of people here have no idea of the technology being used for recruitment agency firms, which is what Firefish built yeah. and do very well. Uh, so a lot of them were quite surprised. Oh, hold on. This is a really interesting company. It's really interesting technology. And, and Wendy herself is, is pretty fascinating yeah. too. Yeah. Um, I loved David's kind of AI talk. I thought that was uh, incredibly interesting and all that yeah. kind of stuff was mind-blowing in all honesty because um and a a lot of people i've been speaking to today you know you can't get away from ai it seems to be kind of everywhere you turn there's Mm. something but actually beyond that there hasn't been much of that really for the rest of the day which has been quite kind of which has been good right because we kind of because you can get swamped in it right it can be just kind of i described it as taking all the air out of the room basically so I, i i think the distinction that you'll see with events that are filled with recruiters is that AI will be spoken about an awful lot. Yeah. And, and largely largely because, well, A, they're speaking about it amongst themselves, but there's a, there's a moral, moral and ethical concern about the use of AI, mm. whereas amongst technology companies, they, they know that aspect of it, but they're thinking about, so what are the opportunities here? Yeah. How can it be used? And they know exactly how it could be misused. Uh, these people are very, very smart. Uh, more than that, they've all been using it for a number of years without shouting it from the rooftops. Yeah. It's only been used to people in the last, you know, well, since February this year, uh, when ChatGPT suddenly was everywhere, and that was because the public interface with it was there. But the, 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 the tools that you can tap into as a technology company, they've been there for four or five years. So a number of companies have been doing that on those large yeah. language models and uh, they've been building products that work with them. They've not necessarily had to shout from the rooftops, we're using this. But when, you, when, you, when a job seeker searches for a job and the quality of the search has stepped up, mm-hmm. then that's informed by what they've been learning from yeah. uh, those large language models. Um, and it was good to hear from uh, Adam Gordon, who's always kind of fascinating to listen to about his journey through Canada ID and now into uh, into poetry. HR. Yeah, Adam Adam's talk was quite confessional. <laughs> uh, he was uh, he was putting it uh, putting it all out there, uh, and uh, it, it, it and it was really it was fascinating. It was really interesting uh, because, of course, 
a lot of people in, well, not just in this industry, but in maybe all sectors, uh, there's a degree of bravado that goes amongst mm-hmm. tech entrepreneurs and so on. You know, I'm the king of the world and all that sort of thing. Uh, and Adam very much goes against the grain there. And, and maybe in a previous time, he would have been that, that guy, yep. you know, uh, uh, who was maybe a little bit more you know, full of himself than Adam now. But Adam is, is, uh, is a modest guy, uh, but he knows what he's good at. And he's not shy about you know, telling you what he can do. But he'll also balance that with, yeah, these things, I, th- th- this topic here, not for me. Uh, so his talk there about the ups and downs and the, 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 both the lucky breaks and the ins- inspiration that he had to build his company and, and build it to an exit, really interesting because we all watch uh, a Dragon's Den or Shark Tank or whatever, and you see people in business and you maybe only see the surface. So getting a bit beneath that surface is always interesting. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Stephen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you very much. No problem at all. You're very welcome. Hi, I'm David Wilson. I'm the founder and CEO of Fosway Group. We're an HR industry analyst based in Europe. Uh, David, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on here today. I caught most of your uh, presentation this morning. I missed like the first two minutes, which was uh, you know, to, to my detriment. But it was fascinating, right? And I wonder if you could just kind of talk us through some of the, the highlights that you kind of uh, discussed this morning. Yeah, so the main thing, obviously, I was aiming to do this morning was really talk around how we see the HR and TA ecosystem changing based really on our, our primary research with large corporate organizations. You know, what are they doing? Why are they doing it? What's driving them and so on? And also, of course, talk a little bit about AI, which I couldn't avoid talking about to some degree and how that's changing everything. Yeah, uh, AI is one of those things that seems to kind of suck all the air out of the room at the minute, right? You can't kind of turn for, for AI. What, what kind of, again, just talk us through some of the kind of your findings around kind of TA and, kind of, and, and AI. Yeah, so, um, I mean, it's, I agree with you. So, I mean, my declared position is my friends spent the first seven years of my life doing AI 40 years ago nearly. So um, I have quite a lot of deep background in it from a long time ago, thinking it was going to change the world in a few years, and here we are 40 years later, yeah. and it's like finally is maybe. Um, I think also we do an awful lot of vendor briefings etc with us as an analyst team and you know one of the comments I made earlier is we count the seconds before somebody introduces their gen AI story and um, because it's just transformed the narrative really over the last particularly 12 months I mean before that we had a lot of conversations with AI around machine learning etc with but obviously the whole gen AI story in ChatGBT has really changed the landscape yeah. and it's really boosted that within the conversations for everybody. But, but ultimately it comes around the ability to really build intelligence into the process that either streamlines the experience, personalizes what you're doing, or just accelerates the whole creation process around things, whether yeah. that's around job descriptions or applications or um, FAQs or whatever it is. So there's a myriad of opportunities here. Yeah. And I think the challenge is, to some degree, is that, first of all, the corporates hear all the, the noise um, and are slightly wary yep. uh, to, to some degree, um, and rightly so as, as well. Um, sometimes the, the conversation is all about the transformation or in the other level of the conversation is all about you can trust us, you can trust us, yeah. but not necessarily being I think completely transparent about the way in which it's going to impact the different the solutions you've got and obviously corporates lack the skills they don't have AI skills in them typically particularly HR functions yeah. right? so so that's an area where they have to really 
um, you know, they've got to mature very quickly, um, especially as almost every solution in their vendor ecosystem is probably building AI into its roadmap. And it was interesting, I was talking to Chad earlier, and um, I think we discussed the point that AI, is it one of those things that you're kind of almost preaching to the converted a little? Some people know lots about it, and then there are bits of people who just have zero kind of exposure to it or don't want to know about it. And, you know, you've mentioned that the, the corporates are paying a lot of attention, but that's not the entire kind of workforce, as it were, you know. So is it, do you see that? Is it a bit like kind of that, that it's... Um, I would say majority of people are, haven't got a clue what it really means. And, and, and actually that's, I mean, I've had this conversation with some of the very big vendors over the last couple of weeks is we keep talking about AI, but AI is not a singular thing, you know. It's not, um, it's almost like talking about, I, I don't know, cars versus buses versus trains in modes of transport so underneath the ai expression there's a bunch of things so obviously there's a lot of talk around generative ai large language models and so on probably before that machine learning was one of the big things that we were focusing on but there's a whole myriad of different kind of approaches under the ai banner and i think the challenge with it particularly when you look at it from a there's a maturity around how fast you know how do you build this in what is it and what are the outcomes for it? And I think our, as I said, I come at this having started my life almost looking at AI an awful long time ago. So therefore, when, when the vendors started really talking about this over the probably five to ten years ago, making acquisitions to some degree, a lot of that was focused more on machine learning yeah. type technologies. But it's taken them a long time to surface that into their solutions the Gen AI and ChatGPT thing, the speed with which the awareness, public awareness have gone that and business awareness gone is so much faster, you know, fast is probably of almost any technology ever globally. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've still got to mature it and understand how it builds into solutions and we need to understand that they work and we can trust them. Yeah. Uh, David, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for those insights and it was a great, chat, a great talk yeah. this morning. Thank you. Thanks very much. Hi, my name is Julie Sowash. I'm the executive director of Disability Solutions and the host of the Changing Minds, Changing Lives podcast launching in January 2024. Uh, thank you very much for joining us on this podcast and good luck for, for, for the new podcast in, in January. Um, uh, I saw your session earlier uh, with, with Hung. Um, it was, it was uh, eye-opening, it was brave, it was, kind of, it, was, it was a bit of everything in there. And very different from everything else that had kind of gone as going to happen today, right? Um, how did you find it? Um, I love to talk about what I do. I love to talk about my community. I'm so passionate about what we bring to the table as as a talent source. Um, it's always a little intimidating being in this room as a non-tech person. Mm-hmm. I understand tech. I understand process flow and and all of the data and pieces and parts. But the guys who build the tech sometimes intimidate me a little bit um so i I was nervous but hung makes it so easy and he's so um he's such an amazing interviewer so i always feel very comfortable with him yeah yeah it's it felt very kind of it it was a good it was a good watch you know what i mean and um you kind of tackled a few kind of difficult things you talk a little bit about your own kind of background and how you got into this uh which is the bit why i kind of thought was kind of was different and brave really right because you know as you said most of today is talking about tech we don't really we're not talking about kind of EDI or mental health or any of that kind of stuff, but that all has a part to play in in, in talent acquisition, right? And um, I know the work you kind of do as a, as a I'm going to in, in inverted words, day job 
is kind of is kind of to do with all that kind of thing. So could maybe talk us a little bit through what you kind of what you do over there. Yeah. At this place, at this so place. I mean, and I think that is. It took me a long time to get comfortable with myself and to accept myself. And um, but what my experience has been is one I. I do come from an incredible place of privilege. I'm white, I'm female, I'm from a, a first world country, and my disabilities are hidden. And so it's, it is a, an opportunity, a decision that I get to make consciously about whether I want to tell the world about this or not. And what I realized over now, I think I've been doing it for almost six years, um, that the first time is super scary. And then every conversation, it gets a little bit easier, but it also gets a lot more empowering. Mm-hmm. I can tell you dozens of times that someone's come up to me and said, hey, I just wanted you to know I've never told anyone I work with that I have a disability or um, I've never told anyone that I have a child with a disability. And I've worked here for 20 years. And you can see what just seeing someone else say out loud what they're going through, what kind of impact that has on a person. And and to be, uh, you know, kind of over-the-top transparent, I also lost my brother to suicide um, four years ago, and he lived with bipolar disorder. And when he was diagnosed, uh, a doctor told him, like, you're, not, you're never going to work. Just go bugger off, right? And he was brilliant if there was if he was here he'd be sitting in this room he built tech he was just an incredible incredible human being but also incredible future potential employee Mm -hmm. that had the wrong message sent to him and so as i'm able to share my message and my story i'm hoping that not only can we get people like my brother to change their mind about their value but i can also get the tech guys in this room with us right now to understand that if they make slight tweaks in the way that they build, the way that they think, the way that they user test, they can also have a profound impact on people's lives, right? And as American, like that's sort of what we do. We work, mm-hmm. right? We are our profession. We are all of this wrapped up into this damn job that we have. Sorry, I don't know if profanity is allowed. No, no, you go for it. Darn job that swear, we have. Swear away. We're, we're fine. <laughs> and what we all do... Helps saves people saves people's lives. It yeah. gives them a purpose. It gives them. It, it doesn't have to be an amazing job. It can be an ordinary job. But being able to put food on the table, have your own place, take care of your family, for a lot of people, that is extraordinary. That's all that they want to do. And this kind of technology allows people to do that. And it's incredibly important. So I'm hoping one person, two people hear and start to make adjustments in their thought process because when they're thinking about tech, they're thinking about a community slightly different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, there's the mental health aspect, but also it is plainly obvious, and I, I'm sure the organisers of TA Tech uh, Europe won't mind me saying this, there's a diversity kind of issue there as well, right? Um, it, it can't go unnoticed that there's not a huge amount of female representation uh, on stage yes. today. Um, obviously yourself, we've got kind of Wendy from Firefish. Uh, and then I run out of names at that point, <laughs> almost, you know. Um, and I guess that must be kind of part of the message as well, right? There's this kind of diversity issue, especially within the tech space. And I know there's all these pushes to kind of increase diversity in that. But you need people shouting about this. You need people talking. And you need to empower people as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I don't mind being the, the squeaky wheel 
in any room. Uh, it's kind of my job in, in a way that I see it a lot of times. And, and I do think that, you know, there are not a lot of female job board founders. There are not a lot of female um, founders in our space at all. And so to have the opportunity to be on stage and, and have Peter and the TA Tech team recognize that I bring some value to the conversation when we're talking about something other than how to monetize and how to create tech that works in a different way. Um, I, I hope again that we see more women in this room in future years, but I also see that hope that we see the men who are in this room and are, are going to be predominant in this room for the next at least 10 years um, understand that they have the power to yeah. take action and that they can dramatically impact the women in their lives, the, the people with disabilities, whoever in their space by just thinking slightly differently and bringing up women in tech and finding those ways to mentor and do those things because there is so much opportunity and there's an incredible amount of talent in this room mm. that I would love to learn more from yeah. all the time. Um, and you're also in a quite unique position because this is a bit of a family affair as well, <laughs> right? Because you've got the, you're kind of the, the husband and wife team, basically. What, what I know, um, now, Chad's a big personality. We all know this. What is it like, kind of, kind of sharing the stage and just kind of being, kind of, kind of part of all of this with with him as well? Yeah, it, one, I'm I'm the luckiest girl in the world. I have the best husband on the planet. He is super loud, and he <laughs> loves all of this energy. Yeah. And and I'm a bit more of an introvert, so after I talk all day, I just need to kind of go hide away for yeah. a minute. Um, and it took us a while to sort of get that right balance, but it's enjoyable now. Like yeah. I know I can run off and do my thing all day because I don't have to feel like I live in his shadow. I've got my own successes, my own um, teams and, and things that I've accomplished. And I think that's probably the biggest dynamic shift is I always felt like, oh, there's this big, successful, powerful, you know, sort of I call him God-like drill sergeant that, you know, <laughs> runs the world. And here I am just sort of starting out and figuring things out. But over the past few years, as I've been able to find my own success, we found a really good balance and I wouldn't be here without a great partner and I wouldn't be having all of the success and talking to you um, <laughs> if it wasn't for having him by my side. Uh, that's great to hear. And before I let you go, tell us about the new podcast. So it's called Changing Minds, Changing Lives, and that's really our motto at Disability Solutions. So our goal is that if we can change the minds of corporate leaders about what value we bring as people with disabilities to the workforce, that will have more impact on our lives, our livelihood, and the trajectory of our community than any nonprofit, than any government program, anything like that. Because when capitalism decides we have value, the world opens up. And we've seen that with many under other underrepresented communities. Not that we still don't have a long way to go there. Um, but if I can change one corporate leader's mind, I can change thousands of lives because I can get them to start to build and take action. And that's really our goal. So we're going to be talking to a lot of corporate leaders, a lot of um, people with disabilities, a lot of advocates, just to help everyone better understand our space some of the barriers, some of the big success stories, and what we're kind of seeing in the market that is going to drive or propel us forward um, in, in the next few years. Brilliant. Sounds amazing. Julie, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, you can subscribe to the Marketing Rules podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms. I've been your host, James Whitelock, and I hope you can join me and more amazing guests next time. Thank you.
The Marketing Rules Podcast is a Thinking Circles production.